0: Welcome to the Imagineering the Magic podcast with your hosts, Tony, John, and former Disney Imagineer, Brian Collins. Dream
1: a fantastic dream. Use your imagination. All right. Uh, welcome to take two. <laughs> uh, um, uh, this is uh, Brian Collins. He is a former Disney Imagineer, uh, show writer. Worked on things like the Great Movie Ride, Jungle Cruise, uh, World Showcase, and many, many more things. So, uh, this month's episode, we're going to talk about uh, the process they go through about reimagining and and redesigning and re-skinning, re skinning re redoing things. Um, <laughs> redoing stuff. Redoing stuff. So uh so talk about like, you know, uh, you know, how this happens. Like, you know, I just come into work one day and I go, hey Brian, let's uh you know, let's turn this into uh, you know, Toy Story today.
0: You know, well, so first of all I'll say that there are a lot of different reasons why an attraction might be right. reskinned or, or reimagined. Um and, and going all the way back, you know, to uh um Tomorrowland in Magic Kingdom when they reskin first it was Journey to the Moon, Voyage to the Moon, then Journey to Mars, then the Extraterrestrial um, uh, Adventure, and, and then um, finally Stitch's Great Escape. Right. Um, more recently, you know, your, your listeners are probably going to be familiar with like the reimagining of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean where they put yeah. Johnny Depp in there, right? Right. Or um and, and then shortly after that they updated some of the scenes to make them a little bit more clinically correct for this mm-hmm. day and age in our culture. Yeah. Um so there are a lot of reasons why and how a reimagining of an attraction may may or may may happen. Right. And you know, certainly sometimes, you know, it's driven by, by very obvious things, you know, a, a major blockbuster comes out and, and they want to capitalize on that. So yeah. next thing you know, you've got Johnny Depp, yeah. um, you know, cultural mores change. And um, instead of the redhead being auctioned off at the auction, she turns herself into a uh, <laughs> pirate and, you know, she's right there, you know, egging on the guests as they right. go by in their boats. Right. Um, right once once a decision has been made though mm-hmm. that an attraction's going to be reskinned or reimagined right then there's certainly going to be a blue sky process that okay. goes along with that right. um it's you know it's not like you know one person just kind of says oh i think it'd be a great idea to redo pirates of the caribbean and, yeah. and put johnny depp in there or you know whatever it may be there's usually a very because, first of all, listen, it can be very expensive to do. Yeah. Um, and aside from that, you know, Walt Disney attractions are really kind of beloved by, by people. And when you mess with them, um, for good or bad, you yeah. know, there's going to be you're going to know about it. You know, there's going to be right. sure. uh, chatter about it. So, so it's something that Imagineering takes very, very seriously and, and does very, very carefully. Yeah. So it does yeah. it
1: uh well let I I have two things in my head. <laughs> to start. Yeah. I so let's talk about something like uh Mr. Toad. You know, mm-hmm. uh for them to just say, you know what, it it's run its course, it has no relevance right. uh to kids today, uh I'm assuming was their thinking. Uh let's take it out and put something else there. Um so I assume, you know, somebody does some kind of evaluation or, you know, uh, you know, Hey, nobody's really going here anymore. Let's, you know, we got to do something with this space because, you know, it's just not, you know, turning people anymore.
0: Right. So I think in the case with something like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, again, you know, a very beloved attraction that that people Mm. loved. And I don't think it was really a case where they were seeing, the riding r- rider capacity or ridership drop off. Mm. Um, it's actually still very much um, uh, you, you can go on it at Disneyland in California. Right. Um, so you can get your fix out there. Um, I think in that case, it was more of just wanting to kind of keep the magic kingdom fresh mm. and, you know, uh, Winnie the Pooh um, again, another very um, beloved, well-known Disney character right. um you know and, and they had some opportunities to kind of use some new technology in the dark rides mm-hmm. um so i think it gave them a chance to kind of like kick the tires if you will with some of that new technology right um update the queue area and do some really new and fun exciting things in the queue area right so i think with that one you know there there were a lot of different things that kind of came to play right. of, of why mr toad but you know if you go by the haunted mansion <laughs> and you go by the pet graveyard you can still see mr toad <laughs> and a little homage of him and pay right. your respects <laughs>
1: yeah exactly exactly i uh i read it well this was probably a couple of years ago that uh winnie the pooh is the number one selling ip when it None. comes to disney uh like baby and kids merchandise um, i would
0: believe that yeah so i, so, I would believe that
1: yeah. i was like shocked yeah, i said it's, and, it's not mickey mouse or Minnie
0: mouse <laughs> no well it was winnie yeah I, I think if, if you look at a lot of it, it's like that a.a a. milne you know yeah. version of winnie the pooh yeah. um the, the the classic winnie the pooh um there's so much like baby stuff out there that's yes. got that imagery on it if, if right. you stop to think about it so right right you know uh, and, and from disney's point of view um kids certainly know and identify with Winnie the Pooh um, certainly more than they ever did with, with um, uh, The Wind in the Willows and, yeah. and Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. So, yeah. you know, again, kind of makes sense uh, for, for from that perspective as well.
1: Yeah. The other thing that popped into my head, and we I, we were talking about this I think this past weekend too, is uh, you know, when Michael Eisner was uh, CEO, he had yeah. I, I remember him saying in you know listen if i'm wrong i'm wrong H- him saying that you know things that they built in disneyland wouldn't go to florida and things in florida wouldn't go to disneyland and now with bob it's completely right. different like we're we're building two we're right you know we're duplicate you know so uh right th- what do you think that is now about i mean you know it's drawing people to both places and they're both the same yeah in a yeah. sense
0: I think part of it is, you know, attractions have gotten so expensive to mm-hmm. design and, and and to build. Yeah. Um so if if they can realize a cost saving and um transplant something, it's kind of like yeah. when they did the Haunted Mansion in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um that haunted mansion is virtually an identical uh experience to what the original haunted mansion was here in, in Walt Disney World down to you know, even before, um, that they plus it here yeah. and yeah. they put like the never ending staircase in there and, right. um, it, and redid the attic scene. Um, if you go in Tokyo, what y'all see is kind of like a time capsule of, of what the Honda Mansion used to be like, mm. uh, when Walt Disney World. First. So yeah, I think, um, some of that's kind of driven by, by cost factor, yeah, certainly really. by entertainment,
1: yeah uh, factor. Yeah. 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 So once they settle on an idea for a new, or not even new, like, they're going to reimagine it. Uh, so what mm-hmm. happens after that? They say, all right, we're going to do this at, say, Jungle Cruise now, right? That's the the hot, and Splash right. Mountain are the two right. hot things that right. they, they plan on taking apart. Uh, right. So what... Right. After they make that decision, I'm sure it's, you know, corporate driven, uh, you know, and then Imagineering gets involved. and Somebody says, great, we'll we'll run with it. Um, So what's the next step from there, typically?
0: You know, I think at that point, that's where kind of, you know, Imagineering's creative juices kind of like kick in. And, um, you know, I'm sure they probably propose several different uh, concepts and variations and several Mm -hmm. different show scenes uh, to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know it, it's uh, certainly a, a collaboration at that point. I think once the corporate decision is made, I don't know if they they kind of I you know I mean, but I I, I think they kind of let WDI do its thing, and and right. because they do it so well and they trust you know in, in all of that, um, yeah. unless there's a reason for you know, the corporate side to kind of step in, they may give them some guidelines saying, Oh, you know, well, you know, I think we should so- show this scene from the movie or highlight, you know, this or, or focus on right. this kind of a message or something like that. But beyond that, I think they, at that point, they turn it over and let WDI do the blue sky and, and, mm. you know, conceptual and all that. And then it's, you know, the team, uh, that's brought together for, for the enhancement to kind mm. of leave it to them to, um, yeah. Jump in and, and, and do it. I, I'm really excited, to be honest, to see what they come up with with um, the frog. Yeah, you know, the the prince and the frog, frog, frog and the frog princess and the, prince? and the frog. Yeah, princess yeah. And the frog. <laughs> frog yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, you know,
1: Tiana. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so typically, like, who would be on that team? Like, what kind of uh, disciplines from Imagineering would be on that initial maybe
0: go round of uh, yeah of that. Initially, I would say that there's probably you're probably going to have some show. It's going to be more creative oriented, um, as well as some people who understand uh, some of the engineering. But early on, when it's just like blue sky and mm-hmm. you're trying to come up with concepts and everything, yeah. you're really going to have like your show writers, your lighting designers, your show set designers. Yeah. There's one person who's the show producer that's kind of like, you know, exactly what, what, what that title says, who right. kind of overseeing the, the whole vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and certainly you're going to have senior uh, WDI um, management, uh, right. keeping an eye on things as well. But, but initially it's really going to be, I think mostly the creative team kind of coming up with ideas, um, you know, drawing up some sketches and, and concepts and storyboards and right. maybe some, some, uh, preliminary scripting things
1: like that yeah and how long would that typically take Uh, um i I know that's probably not i mean nothing's typical because you know some things would take longer and yeah obviously (laughs) some things but i'm sure there has to be some kind of project timeline
0: you know Uh, it's it's interesting just this this morning i was actually i was literally um i i think most of your listeners i write like a monthly column for Walt Disney World Magazine, yeah. and the, my, my June column, uh, one of the things that um, I, I was writing about was the time for Blizzard Beach and how that came to be. Mm. And uh, basically what they did was they brought a team initially to here to Orlando, um, and they were in our conference room, kind of holed up there, and it took about, I would say they were probably in there for, for a good week. Um, and and that was just purely throwing ideas back and forth. And and then once they got an idea, kind of refining it. So, you know, there's that initial process. Um, it, it, it really kind of depends, you know, um, Joe Rohde, listen, when, when he was working on attractions, he took teams all over the world, uh, to, to, you know, explore Africa and and get ideas for animal kingdom. So, um, I never got to go anywhere, but you know what can I say? Um, <laughs> well, just Joe, um, gone.
1: you don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, but so so that initial process, yeah. um, you know, kind of kind of really varies depending mm-hmm. on a lot of different things. But yeah. um, the initial process once once they, you know, coming up with, with the overall story that that they're going to tell yeah. in, in in the creative direction that can. Happen relatively quick, um, and then after that is when it really kind of starts to take some time to mm. fle- really kind of flesh out the ideas, um, to get a sense of what the engineering is going to have to be, um, what can and can't be done. Yeah, you know, what I mean, I mean, you know, the creative side might say, Oh, we've got this wonderful idea where we're going to take guests through the bayous of Louisiana, mm. and uh you know, they are going to be fireflies all over the place and, and you know, just we're going to immerse them in fireflies. Well, there's a million different ways you can do that kind of an effect. Sure. So, you know, then you have to look at, well, what's the budget we have? What are the options we have to pull out that kind of effect? And, and right. that kind of process has to be um, iterated over and over again for many, many different types of um, um, uh, parts of, of the attraction yeah so uh let's it's a really talk- fascinating
1: yeah i would uh i would imagine so uh i i gotta write this one thing down before i forget okay so talk about i because you know what you did was show writing so yeah. um talk about that process say for you know what's going to happen at uh jungle cruise or or, or splash right. you know and i know ridley uh just posted another thing on twitter he seems to be the new spokesperson but he's saying that they're going to do this without shutting down the ride they're going to do it in phases uh, okay they're going to change out different scenes without taking the whole thing down i was like well that's ambitious
0: <laughs> overnight yeah yeah
1: yeah so, yeah. Um, so uh, from a show writer standpoint uh when you get pulled in what what's your process to uh you know get involved in you know who called you up and you know what's your process then for you know getting started
0: yeah uh, again it, it kind of depends there are a lot of different ways that can work but um mm. if i were to kind of like put myself in the show shoes for the reimagining of jungle cruise yeah uh i would imagine that it's probably the same show writer that was in at the very beginning of, mm. of the blue, blue sky process yeah um part of that core team so at this point he or she is going to have a really good idea of what they're looking at doing in there mm. um one thing like when i was plusing the great movie ride mm-hmm. um you know, another uh, kind of a, a a really good example of an attraction that was really beloved by by a lot of people very iconic attraction yeah. um uh and, and jungle cruise is even more so mm. um i i think you kind of go back and you look at what was the original intent um, that Mark Davis and some of the other original Imagineers had, right. um, with that attraction. Right. Um, I actually got to meet Mark, uh, years ago when, oh, wow. when I worked at WDI it was an amazing experience. And, and I got to, uh, actually a real quick story the way I yeah. met him, uh, I was actually in, uh, uh, California, uh, okay. doing some work at 1401 at, at, uh, WDI's headquarters in Glendale. And to make a long story short, there was a display of artwork uh, that they had in the lobby. And when I finally had a chance to go over and look at it, I was like, it was on like three or four rows of bulletin boards. And I'm <laughs> looking at it, and it uh, uh, was all of Mark's original sketches that he had done for Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion and Whoa. the Jungle Cruise. And and I went around the corner, and there's an older gentleman and his wife sitting there admiring this stuff. And he turned around and said, what do you think of this? And it was Mark. It was Mark and Alice status, and I just about dropped my teeth. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, gosh. I, <laughs> I, I said something kind of like, "Oh, it's it's okay, Mark. You know, I, I think yeah. you did pretty good." And he just kind of chuckled. And, and we had a, a, a wonderful, just very brief, you know. And yeah. Jenny introduced me to yeah. my wife, and I'm like, I, I kind of know who yeah. she is. It's like,
1: Those are some of the best but, encounters. The
0: the, the was, ones that
1: you don't expect. Oh,
0: uh, it was incredibly special. Yeah. You yeah, know, for yeah, me yeah. being being a young, new imagineer at that time, meeting a legend like that in Imagineering headquarters, I I was just like Phew. Yeah. You right. know, to this day I get goosebumps. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, you know, I think Mark would be okay with the fact of um Disney updating it, mm-hmm. um, especially mm-hmm. for the reason that they are. Yeah. Um, um and you know, then it comes down to just honoring his vision. Uh for me as a show writer, when I went into to plus the great movie ride, mm. listen, that attraction had already been open for a few years and the scripting and, and the scenes were, were, you know, fine. You know, they were great. Um there there were just a couple things to improve the show sightlines and, and mm. uh a, a couple little things um that, that needed to be uh plused in there um, for guests to improve the show. Let's just, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And, right. um, you know, my, my biggest concern was making sure that whatever I did in there didn't mess with the traction, yeah. uh, with, with, with that, that the story that was established in mm-hmm. the creative that was established and that I was, you know, just, uh, I'll, I'll say it again, I guess honoring that the, the, the folks who, who created the original work, um, so so as a show writer i think that's probably what what the folks with the jungle cruise are doing is how can we enhance it the uh spirit of, of that ride right um and still keep it true to mark mark's original yeah. vision right yeah
1: yeah so uh oh there there's got to be like <laughs> maybe hundreds of rewrites i mean how many times i mean you're you you're probably going in and then maybe, you know, for something like the jungle cruise, there's really nothing being said yeah. in the attraction. it's really the skippers that are doing the show. Right. Um so I guess there there's gotta be some kind of uh, you know, run through on that to say, all right, let's have somebody read this, you know.
0: Oh yeah. You yeah. know,
1: to, to make sure it's gonna flow with what's happening you know, yeah. in uh, the attraction.
0: Uh, absolutely. The, the show writers definitely are an integral part to work with the show set designers and the mm. art directors and, and all of that, because especially okay. in the jungle cruise of, of all attractions that's so, um, uh, relies so heavily on, on the skippers yeah. and, and the skippers yeah. kind of give it that great show and, and, mm. uh, wit, you know, that, that right. it's famous for. Yeah. Um, so so they have to understand what the show scenes are. Uh mm-hmm. yeah. the show writer has to understand what the show scenes are and be able to write to that and mm-hmm. then write the script for the skippers that they're going to want to deliver. Um and and you know, certainly give them options and the ability to kind of make it their own as as well. Yeah. Um yeah. But but yeah, you definitely um do dry runs, you know, for sure when, when whenever you're doing something like that. Again, going back to when I worked on the Great Movie Ride, um, mm-hmm. we would go in there early in the morning, myself and, and uh, one of my colleagues, uh, the two of us that were primarily entrusted uh, with, with plussing that. Right. And we would grab cast members who had worked in the Great Movie Ride, and they would, you know, they were kind of like a crash test dummy. Yeah. And they would sure. go through and, you know, deliver our spiel, our narration, um, go through the blocking and, yeah. you know, give us a chance to block it even better so you know if you like stand up on those steps and hold your gun this way it's like now right. that doesn't look quite right let's try it this way yeah. so so there's definitely a lot of that um, yeah. that goes on before it's ever given out um, and, and put in front of the guests. Yeah so those
1: two things uh, Jungle Cruise and, and Great Movie Ride those you know live people doing you know yeah. literally a, a show right in front of you do yeah. they have leeway in what they can or cannot say ish. I mean, I've heard, you know, some skippers kind of <laughs> uh, take a little liberty with things. Yeah, sometimes. they do. You know, uh, I think um, they had a little bit more leeway than the great movie,
0: right. P- people did. Uh, yeah. You know, um, in theory, you want them to kind of stick to the script. but right. right. um For a lot of different reasons, you know, consistency of showing all of that. Yeah. Um, and, and, same thing in the jungle cruise. Yeah. Now that being said, um, un, you know, I, I, I never had the chance honestly to work on jungle cruise okay. spiels per se. Right. I worked right. on the Albert. I, I did write some of the Albert AWOL, uh broadcasts that you hear coming in. Yeah. In the Q area, which was right. fun. Right. Um,
1: but I, I, I think they're really going to take that really now because i think it's going to kind of be based around the society of explorers yeah uh, if i'm not mistaken so that's really going to be an integral part of that uh whole spiel uh,
0: yeah
1: you may want to call somebody see if you can get that- <laughs> hey
0: <laughs> um Freelance. well it's kind of fun <laughs> call me yeah call. Cool. um so um They've been kind of like drifting in that direction. No pun intended. Yeah. Uh, actually, okay. Pun intended uh, for a little while. <laughs> right. Um, with ever since they opened up the uh, uh, skippers cantina, which is mm. the story behind that. You know, that's where all the jungle skippers go to work on their days off or earn right. extra money. Cause they're not paid enough as jungle skippers. Right. 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 And a lot of the, um, uh, theming and decor inside that restaurant mm. is built around the uh, Explorer Society, right? Um, kind of touching back, even back to uh, the Old Pleasure Island days in the Adventurers Club. Yes, um, a bit, which yeah. which is wonderful. So, um, I, I think that'll be really kind of fun, and it's kind of cool when they're able to kind of like tie. Mm. Two separate ex- guest experiences, a restaurant and an attraction together, like that, even right. more. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: I always thought there should have been like a like a little parade of, of skippers, like, you know, like they're going from the jungle cruise to the restaurant, from yeah. the restaurant to, you know, like they're yeah. kind of changing shifts.
0: Right. Right.
1: <laughs> I always thought that it would have been funny to see them, you know, going past each yeah. other. Oh, you're going to work. I'm going to work, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. For sure. Yeah, um, sure. the other thing I, I I wanted to talk about is uh, you know in, in recent years you know when Disney is proposing like uh, Galaxy's Edge or Toy Story Land you uh-huh. know they make these elaborate models. Um yeah. and I always say to myself, you know, that's gorgeous because f- for a fan we can we can see everything, but yeah. from a cost, I'm going God that must have taken a lot of time and money to build that. Uh there must be some virtual tools that would be a, a lot less, you know, expensive to to do where, you know, engineering can walk through that space, you know, virtually. Um,
0: the, the, um, they do use uh, virtual tools for sure. VR okay. uh, for, for sure. Um, VR isn't cheap, though. It, it's expensive. And there are some adv- yeah. um, advantages to having a 3D model mm. um, that... Uh, um, even VR can't necessarily give you um, to look at it from different point of views and and different perspectives and to really kind of get that real life um, uh, you know, I guess photorealistic would kind of be the term um, you know, look at an attraction so I don't think models would ever necessarily go away, I I Mm -hmm. think there's always going to be a for them um until some point in the future when we start doing like holograms um right or, or something which probably may not be too far away yeah but but there there's definitely and i think part of it also you know has to do with just you know it's again i think part of the um DNA, you know, Mm. uh, of WDI, (laughs) you know, um, that they've always been known for making these gorgeous models. I I was actually in in the Magic Kingdom uh, uh, last week and I was at it, um, or I'm sorry, I was at the studios last last week and they have a wonderful uh, um, attraction there that pays homage to Walt Disney and it's kind Mm -hmm. of like Walt's story and and they have a lot of props and, and things from his all the way from his childhood to, to modern day. And right. when you get towards the back, there's a beautiful case on display that's got the model of uh, the Black Spire Outpost with the Millennium Falcon. And, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, just gorgeous, gorgeous yeah. detail. Yeah. And it likes you to see things in, in a completely different way than a uh, virtual experience would let yeah. you do that.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure for the corporate executives that probably don't like the VR stuff, (laughs) you know, they can get down eye level and look in there. That too. You know, see sight lines and things like that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think they also have the Shanghai in uh, the studios now. Is there a model of Shanghai? There's a model of another park there too. In Um, One Man's Dream, isn't there? Well, it's called something else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, I, I, I don't think it's Shanghai. I'm trying to remember what. It was in there that I saw. Yeah,
1: there's something else in there. I,
0: I, I can't remember, but but there is, yes.
1: Yeah. The million-dollar question for me is, what do they do with them, and can I have one?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who do I have to
1: call? <laughs> I I might have to get a eBay. second house for some of them, but that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah I think those models, they tend to... uh uh Oh, please away, don't say like destroyed. At the end of Indiana Jones, you know, they yeah. put, stick it in a crate yeah. and file yeah. it away. Yeah. Um, Probably and, somebody and, in the archives, you know, that's their job. You know, I, I mean, I love when you go on the Webway People Mover as you're going into uh, the Space Mountain, you see that original model of, yes. uh, uh, you know, um, Progress City from Epcot. Um, it's only a small piece of it, but the fact that it survived and, and yeah. uh, you're able to see that is great. So, you know, I'd like to think that generations from now, people are going to be looking at these wonderful models of, yeah you know, different Disney attractions.
1: Yeah. Maybe one day yeah. they'll actually build that. <laughs> 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 yeah. Hey, somebody go get that uh, thing out of the way, the people mover. We should take a look at that. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, Wall had something, you know, maybe we should take a look at it. Uh, Give that another uh, uh, good look. <laughs>
0: See, we we don't have one of those anymore. Uh, yeah. Prototypes.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the other thing, <laughs> talk about Walt, I, you know, the other thing that we always hear is like, uh, ideas never die in Imagineering. You know, even if <laughs> you know, you 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 know, when you're in that blue sky process, you know, and somebody you know, there's 50, 60 ideas out on the table, you know, great. One made it, but the other 50 are never really thrown away. Right. They're kind of just yeah. You
0: know. So I got an interesting story about that. Okay, good. To ask, boy, yeah. boy, it's like you're reading my mind here. I'm in there. um <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um and I swear we didn't uh, coordinate this. No? Isn't this amazing? So on that one, one of those fateful trips out to Glendale, mm-hmm. um, I think this was actually the very first time I, I went out there. Uh, they were showing me around, giving me a tour, and it was right around the time that um, they were really heavy into designing um, stuff for, uh, I'm, I'm going to call it Euro Disney, now Disneyland Paris, yeah. um, but at the time it was known as Euro Disney. So I went into one room and I saw these beautiful, you know, um, the the stretch paintings, uh, stretch room paintings from Phantom Manor being uh-huh. hand painted. And I went into another room and there's someone programming the sword fighting audio animatronic pirates uh from their pirates attraction. Just amazing stuff. And then they said, Well, come, up, come with us. We want to show you this. Uh it's pretty cool. And we went into this uh very nondescript warehouse, which most of WDI is. Purposely. Right. Um, and we go in there, there are these big black curtains and we go through the curtains and there's a full size mock-up of the kiss, the girl scene from uh, the little mermaid uh-huh. under black light and everything which is gorgeous. And they say, yeah, we uh, just created this for um, the soon to be Disney MGM studios, Paris. Well, if you know anything about the history of the, uh, Again, Disneyland Paris, now Euro or back then Euro Disney. When it first opened up, there were all kinds of issues, cultural yeah. problems and things like that. And right. they had issues with attendance. The and there the the idea was as soon as Euro Disney opened up, they were gonna build Disney MGM Studios Paris. It was right. gonna be like right on the heels of that. Well, that whole second gate, that whole second park um went away because they had to fix, you know, the 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 original park. Yeah. And um they they had designed that Voyager Panel Mermaid under the sea with aerial attraction mm-hmm. for you know, and this is going back to probably nineteen ninety, ninety one when, okay. when I saw that. Right. And I always wondered, man, you know, that like just went away. What uh, you know, they, they showed me this huge full size mock-up. It's like, yeah, what happened to it? Right. And it wasn't until some probably about twenty years later. I think when under the sea, um, opened up in the magic kingdom. Yeah. Um, and finally I, you know, I rode the ride and, uh, there's that beautiful scene. I'd seen some 20, 25 years earlier. It had been sitting on ice all that time. Yeah. Never went away. And when the time was right, you know, they dusted it off and there she was. Wow. So yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, some stuff never does go away.
1: Yeah. Um, it
0: was crazy, crazy.
1: Yeah, because we even heard that story when they were making the movie Frozen that, you know, they once thought about making the movie Frozen but never did it, and, you know, then it came back around and smacked us all in the yeah. head. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Just so, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to build a snowman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, typically, once, the say, the project gets started, who's – uh you know you talked about the show producer who's the the leader of the band as you know Walt would say who's in charge of you know getting everything down the down the down the road as as they would say
0: that's sure. pretty much it you know the the it's typically the show producer um yeah. it's usually his or her job to to yeah. make sure that the vision is realized that the project stays on budget i mean certainly they report up yeah um but but really they're you know they're the point person um for that project. So right. um, you know, and that's how a lot of people have, you know, kind of made their name. I mean, Tony Baxter, you know, mm. doing you know, all kinds of great work as a young imagineer, um, and eventually getting a shot to be show producer on some high profile attractions. And yeah, next thing you know, you know, you're you're really kind of on the fast track. So yeah. um yeah. Yeah, it's
1: interesting. Yeah. he's still uh, I, I think it was at Des- Destination D a couple of years ago he was talking about yeah. a, a concept for uh, kind of like a, a sp- spin off of Splash Mountain kind of thing And I, it's not the first time I've heard him t- he's really trying to push this, this concept, he's trying to sell it to Disney <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like you go Tony, keep going <laughs> somebody well, will well, do he's, it
0: <laughs> he, he's agreed you know, if they ever wanted him to come back and work on yes. reimagining Journey to Imagination right. and bringing my friend Pigment back, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he said, I'll be first in line. You know, I'll do it. I'll come out retirement. and yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they've had discussions or anything. I'd love to see him do that. Um, I, there's so much potential uh, for that attraction. And, and yeah, it he is. He doesn't such... love Pigment.
1: Yeah, it, it's a fan <laughs> favorite. Everybody loves it. I And... You know, it's still relevant. I mean, even for kids today, you know, oh, yeah. I think everybody knows who Figment is. Uh yeah, I don't I don't think sure. I I think if you went around the world, you know, showed pictures, you know, do you know this yeah. is I I think everybody would say oh that's Figment. So
0: yeah. yeah, yeah interesting. I think
1: so. Um yeah. so what is the most uh complicated or uh uh you know hard part of this this, this whole process that um uh, you know of redoing hmm. something well what, what would what's the what's the thing that you know kind of sl- brings everything to a screeching halt for a while well wow. you know
0: um there are a lot of things that that can do that like with any project right um yeah. sometimes it can be the supply chain you know hmm. getting the pieces parts needed to do it sometimes um world events you know can come into play i'll, I'll tell you another fun story your pandemics right i'll tell you another fun story um we used to get updates from you know california and Mm -hmm. sometimes you know guys uh and women would come in imagineers would come in from california and they would give us updates of like the new projects or upcoming projects that imagineering was working on and i remember uh again this is going back um that back to like the uh, early 90s or so, so I'm kind of aging myself here, right. but I remember one of these briefings um, the person uh, we, we got an update on the new Russian uh, pavilion that was at the new uh, Soviet Union pavilion that was being planned for Epcot and yeah Wow um, and yeah and and they were giving us briefings and he was telling a funny story how Um, They were working with the Russian government, and one of the showpieces when they uh, were going to do this new attraction was going to be this giant mural of all the Soviet leaders from history from, you know, from the early days up until the present. And, um, you know, if you're old enough to remember, this was around the time when the Soviet Union was going through profound changes and and was actually – going through the process of eventually breaking up and and not being the Soviet union anymore. Um, so in this mural, they would paint, you know, whoever the current leader was at at that given time so that they could present it to, you know, whoever, um, and and say, yeah, this is, what's going to be in your, you know, Soviet pavilion. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then that leader would get like overthrown or voted out of office or whatever in the gulag who knows um and they would have to like paint that person out and then repaint like the new person in because it was like the most prominent person right yeah yeah and they had to do that like three or four times he's you know i remember him saying you know we kept having to revise this mural this this painting because the leaders kept changing so so quickly and eventually you know ultimately the the whole you know soviet union disbanded and fell apart so there's no uh no, no. So we, no, you know, Lennon Square uh, and yeah. Epcot.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: we do but it every
1: yeah. four, we do it every four years with our Hall of uh, Presidents. We, we do. We do. <laughs> s- get somebody out. out. To yeah. out a new, yeah. new resident. Yeah, yeah. Move, move somebody to the back, move somebody to the front. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Um, if you could pick an attraction and reimagine it or change it, what, what would be, what's
0: on your short list? Um, imagination for sure. Journey to imagination would, yeah. would be my, my pick. Um, I would love to not only redo the show in there, but redo the post show in there. Like mm. after you get off the attraction, yeah. I always thought there was so much potential to be had in that area. And it never, to me, even in the, in the earliest, um, versions of it really kind of lived up to the potential of, of what that space could be. Right. So if I had a shot, um, I would love to. Tony, if you're listening, um, (laughs) come find me, buddy. I got some ideas. We'll we'll, we'll make it happen.
1: (laughs) I don't know what. uh, uh, I'm a big uh, Toy Story fan, so I'd just like to see more Toy Story (laughs) IP scattered around
0: yeah um and yeah i'd love to do more in the muppets area too mm, um yes that you know that's at, at one point um there was going to be a whole you know a whole, whole lot more muppets in there um right. jim henson i actually had a chance to meet him before he passed away oh, wow. um i had a chance to meet him at the studios i was actually uh doing something else i was backstage and he was backstage and he's just sitting down and Mm. kind of taking a breather and, and we cross paths and introduced yeah. myself The the nicest, nicest guy you would have ever wanted to meet just so down to earth. But anyway,
1: yeah.
0: Um, You know, there was supposed to be a lot more Muppets uh, than, than what we wound up with it. And I just love their cynical sense of humor, yeah. their puns, all, yeah. all that stuff. Right. And right. Uh, I would love to see more Muppet uh, stuff in there built out.
1: Yeah. I thought we were heading that way. You know, in yeah. that that corner of the studio, I figure mm-hmm. uh, all right, they have Pizza Rizzo. They, they got the Muppet thing right there. They're gonna turn yeah. that whole corner into Muppet something. You know, make it yeah. Like Muppet. Yeah, it was or whatever. supposed to be. That was the yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah, and and now I have a feeling it's just gonna get sucked into Galaxy's Edge. Um,
0: I I hope not. I really yeah. hope not. Yeah. I mean, it's such wonderful um, property. You know. Mm. um and and just so much fun i i mean it is an imagineer i can only imagine how much fun it would be to you know to, to actually kind of work on some of that stuff and, and work yeah. with the Henson company
1: yeah i think there's a special coming up i think sesame street is celebrating their 50th or I, more yeah i think so i
0: Something think there's,
1: like a, that, yeah. there's a special on abc um yeah. you know celebrating that in the sesame workshop is the other part of it yeah um yeah. i don't i can't think of ugh, It popped in my head and came out i forgot what it was about
0: it was about muppets right reimagining
1: <laughs> yeah something i forgot what the hell it was Jeez. um uh oh i was gonna say i met uh jim henson's uh son uh, we right. did an adventure by Disney, and one of the places they bring us is the the Muppet Studio. Uh, oh, cool! Yeah, and uh, we were yeah we were in uh, Jim's office, which was now occupied by his son. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we were in there, and his the uh, the son popped in just to give us yeah. a couple of words of wisdom. Yeah, but, I
0: think his son's name is uh, Brian. Yes. Brian Henson. If yes. I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's been on. Um, uh d23 does a podcast he's been on there a couple times um and it, uh, just a weird story i they were they had a a muppeteer who was showing us you know how to work a muppet and uh it was this guy uh grant uh baccio i think is i hope i'm not m- utilizing his name but uh i got this request like hey can i come on your show and talk about this the this muppet up thing and i'm like yeah sure well, it turns out that it was this guy, Grant. And I'm like, hey, I I I Googled a picture of you and your face is like, very, like, I think I met you. I said, like, did you ever do like Adventure by Disney, like, you know, teach people? He's like, yeah. So I said, all right, hold on. So I went to my Adventure by Disney uh, photo file, pulled out the yeah. picture and emailed it to him. He's like, yeah, that's me standing right next to you. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I said, okay. So we have met. (laughs) (laughs) There you Uh, go. Oh, gosh. So what, uh, you know, like, let's talk about, like, say, Ratatouille, which is coming to the finish line. Yeah. What are some of the processes now that they're trying to do? I mean, I'm sure it's done. I think they're just waiting. At this point? Yeah. I'm sure they're just waiting for the (laughs) fiscal year so they can cash in. But what are What are the things that, you know, they have to do now to kind of, you know, get this across the finish line?
0: Yeah. So I think at this point, most of Ratatouille is probably finished. Yeah. So it's probably aside from, you know, just kind of like touching up the the last bit of stuff and, and, you know, getting it show ready. um, They're probably doing some dry runs in there, you know, running Mm -hmm. the show. Um, The show writers probably, you know, double checking the scripts and, and spiels and making sure that. Everything works, right. um, you know, making sure the sight lines are all good. I mean, Ratatouille, I think, is more of a roller coaster. If I'm, if
1: I'm it's a, a trackless. Never, is it trackless? Uh, yeah, trackless. Track, yeah,
0: like Mickey yeah. Mouse Runaway. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I'm sure they're probably, you know, just finessing the, the technology and, mm. and all that kind of um, fine tuning to, to get it really show ready. Yeah, And getting, you know, if they're, um, doing dry runs, talking to the cast members that volunteer and right. stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Get feedback. Yeah.
1: So they're like, uh, I, I, I would have to assume there's, you know, like the safety team that's got to come in and, yeah. you know, do right. all the safety checks and sure. know, stand in front of the ride vehicle and make sure it stops. <laughs> you know, you're <laughs> staying sure. here. You'll be okay. Trust us. <laughs> uh, sure.
0: Well and, and also park operations too, yeah. you know, at this point's going to get involved. Mm. Um because after what happens is after Imagineering finishes the attraction, um and and they, you know, their work is done, then they actually turn the the attraction over to park operations and they're the okay. ones who are in charge of, of running and maintaining it. Right. So making sure that they understand, you know, the maintenance requirements, um how to fix things, where to get things fixed, um, making sure that the traffic flow, the guest flow through the attraction works. Right, um, you know all that kind of stuff. Um, emergency bailout procedures. Right, not yeah. that they, were, they would ever need to do that on a Disney attraction, but right, you know. Right.
1: So talk about the. Uh, so you, know, you talk about park ops taking over. So I I heard this yeah uh, uh, silly rumor. Maybe it's true. For all I know. That uh, you know, so when Imagineering builds something, let's say the Ratatouille, so Imagineering gets a yeah. budget. Here's the budget. They build it. They're done. Uh, and then once they turn it over to Park Ops, then it's their budget yeah. and uh, yeah. you know, their thing. So I'll give you an example of why I'm saying this. So in Toy Story Land, the reason there's like no shade for Slinky Dog is that it just wasn't in the budget to put up any kind of awnings or coverings uh you know they wanted to imagine right. allegedly wanted to dump the money into the attractions and not the right. shade and then, you know, right. that's why park ops put up all the little umbrellas uh you know to right. you know keep us from melting in the sun so any right.
0: truth to, to that point. um You know, I don't, I I can't speak specifically to to that situation, but but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, and you know, when when you look at the queue area for slinky dog, I don't know if they anticipated maybe that it would be as popular as it is. (laughs) I mean, certainly there are people that run the numbers on ride capacity and and ride through and flow through and and all that kind of stuff. um, so they they probably you know had a sense of, of what the capacity and what the lines would be like. Yeah. I don't know if they ever, be because if you look, there's actually a fairly decent sized enclosed yeah. queue area. Right. Um. But until you get up there, so I don't know if they ever really kind of anticipated that long overflow line that you always see. Yeah. Um. You know, for you know that, that whether or not they should have or not, you know, that's. You know, a, a different discussion that, right? You know, I, I can't really speak to, but yeah. Um. So so yeah. When when ops saw, you know what, you know, what the situation was, they they certainly wanted yeah. to try and meet the guest experience a little bit more comfortable and put those put right. those shades on.
1: Yeah. And talk about yeah. uh while we're in Toy Story Land. So on the other side, Toy Story Mania. uh yeah. I was kind of. I, I guess I was shocked a little bit when they said they were going to move the entrance to the other side. I'm like, that's got to be a f- fairly big, you know, undertaking of, you know, figuring out the queue and then just, you know, flipping the door. T- <laughs> you know, there's got to yeah. be building structure, yada, yada, yada. So, and I mean, that attraction was really not down for a very long time for them to do that. It seems like they did work yeah. on one side. Obviously, the, the, Toy Story Land side, because, you know, yeah. there was nobody there. It was easier to do all yeah. the stuff there and then just, you know, close up one door and open up another. So,
0: yeah, um, I guess that's where the engineers in Imagineering yeah. come in. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, instead of us creative guys, you know, they, they look right. at, you know, the queue configuration and all that. And right. I guess they were able to come up with a fairly simple fix. Yeah. Um, yeah. To be able to, to swap that um entrance. So,
1: yeah. 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 yeah uh, uh, talk about that. Uh, just came into my head. So I once read, I think there was like 189 different disciplines in Imagineering.
0: Could very well be. Yeah. 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 I never counted them, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really surprised, you know, whenever I hear people say, you know, I tell them I was a show writer and they're surprised by that. Like, oh, it never occurred <laughs> to me. Yeah. Um that, you know, imagine I always follow them as like the guys, like the the guys, people, women that okay. are the engineers that design the right. attractions. Right. Um so yeah. yeah. Um uh, people and and there's all kinds of disciplines. You know, you've got not only do you have the, the technical side, the engineering mm-hmm. side, and then the creative side, the artists and the writers like me. But then you've also got like finance people. You've got HR people. Yeah. It's like any other business division. Right. Right. You've got the, um, you know, the the industrial engineers that, mm-hmm. like I said, they're the ones who evaluate the, the traffic flow patterns and things like that in the parks. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's crazy. The, the accountants, for sure, yeah. <laughs> are, are not far behind.
1: Well, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I well, I think this is a good place to kind of put a pin in this. Um, yeah. What do you think we should talk about uh, next show? Do you have any ideas for uh, the next show?
0: Oh boy, you're well, kind of yeah. Well, don't uh, oh.
1: why don't you think about it and then <laughs> let us know, and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll figure it out from there. Because I was thinking of some stuff, but then I said, wait, that may be a little bit out of your wheelhouse, so. Um sure. all right, so uh I'm real
0: good at making stuff up if I need to. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're,
1: you're a show writer. We'll just make it up. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh before we leave, let's leave you with this. Uh WDW magazine, uh Brian writes a column for that. So they are offering you uh they create a special coupon. Uh the coupon is Disney Parks Podcast, all one word, uh, for ten dollars off an annual digital edition. Uh, The code is only good for that, uh, not the month-by-month digital subscription. It has to be the annual, uh, and it's only active on the uh, purchase page, and you can go to WDW Magazine, just Google that, and uh, click on uh, Annual Digital Edition, drop in that uh, coupon code. Okay, so let's uh, wrap up this, and uh, we'll see you uh, next month.
0: Absolutely. The Imagineering the Magic podcast is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company.
1: Some imagination, huh? <laughs>